0: Welcome to the Fire Church Podcast. Today we pray Holy Spirit will speak through this message and into your life right where you are. Well, with much prayer and consideration, we we felt this word um, towards the end of last year, asking God, what what do you want us to focus on? Last year we, we had the word wholehearted. And the base scripture on that was Numbers 14, 24. But because Joshua and Caleb had a different spirit and they followed the Lord wholeheartedly, they were able to enter into the promised land. Amen. Previous um, uh, themes for the work, for the year that we've had is family and army. And I see that we're still carrying and using that language. So just because we have a word for the year doesn't mean it expires on 31st of December. And then let's move on to the next thing. In fact, no, it moves and, and, and has its way in the life of our church, in our DNA. We, we carry it on. And so for this year, I'm, I'm so pleased and excited with the uh, prayerful consideration and seeking the Lord from Pastor Dan, the pastoral team and staff, that the word for this year, if we can have it ready, team, is revival now. Amen. <laughs> It's revival now, not revival tomorrow, not next week, not, I'm hoping it's next month or next quarter, but it's revival now. It's revival now, and there's going to be five, there is five characteristics towards this word. What does revival now mean for us as a church? And before I unpack it, it's quite uh, prophetic in symbol that we've used this backdrop picture of a wave that many of you may be aware, there's been prophetic words over our house as a church that there is going to be a tsunami wave of revival coming. But before that revival comes, before that wave comes, there is a receding. So we had that word shared from um, Pastor Catherine Rulnala, who's the head of the Australian Prophetic Council. 2019, we held an Empower Conference. There's a wave of revival coming. Before she even prophesied that, Many of you prophets in the house also shared that with me, and we sense that this is coming. There is a great wave of revival coming, but a receding needs to happen. When, revi- when tsunamis occur in the natural, water is drawn back, there is a receding, and what is on the ground, on the foundation, is exposed. And who knows, 2020, 2021 was a great receding, exposing of what our foundations are. And uh, the church, not just the world, but the church along with the world was shaken. We really saw where we stood, where we drew the line. And I'm so pleased and happy to say that we never shut our doors, we never turned anyone away. Passport, no passport, that's irrelevant here. You're a child of God. You carry the Spirit of God. You're welcome here, regardless of what status you carry. And we saw many people come to God as a result. We said to ourselves as a leadership team, far be it from us, if Jesus touched a leper and he was moved by compassion, who are we to turn anyone away? Let it go on record. Fines are being overturned anyway. It's too late to get me now. Amen. But there is this fine line. The exposing of what happened over the last two years to really discern what is obedience to God versus what is obedience to man. We need to learn the Word of God, the heart of God, the character of God to discern and draw the lines and say, I'm going to stand for God. I'm going to stand for truth no matter how unpopular it looks, no matter the persecution that may come. I want to be known at the end of my life To say, yeah, and hear from God, well done, good and faithful servant. And so it was a tricky, uh, challenging, but fun season too. Just on the edge of your feet. never know if you're going to get busted one day, maybe have a mug shot and uh, chuck it on the mug for the glory of God. But I'm glad we did what we did. Amen. Who's glad we did what we did? It's a holy revolt, if I may. But not for the sake of it. We we really were led by the spirit of God to do this, and um, I understand the pressures why perhaps other churches didn't. Uh, I get it all that I get all that. But at the end of the day, you know, God told us to do something, and we did. And I valued the body of believers, the body of Christ, and we held a Minster's network here to bring peace and unity after all the craziness, and say, hey, look, I've got your back; you've got my back. All that's happened in the last two years. Let's put it behind us, but let's move forward from here on out. So God is good, and I believe that's one of the reasons why he is blessing this house, uh, and he, he is going to entrust us with something quite powerful and profound. Amen. So why revival? Why revival now? You know, this word gets bandied around a lot in charismatic circles, in Pentecostal churches. Why revival? Why revival? When you look at revival history, revival changes a nation. When John Wesley traveled over 250,000 kilometers to preach the gospel, sometimes in open fields because churches just wouldn't have him, that the word was running like a fire, that people were crying out, what must I do to be saved? A nation was changed. Its character was influenced by the gospel, so much so that John Wesley and his revivalists became leaders against slave trade, to abolish slavery, that he influenced William Wilberforce and helped him in his campaign to end slave trade, that we become social leaders to usher in the character and the nature of God in our world on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We're not just this holy social happy club in these four walls and let the world go to hell Monday to Saturday. No, we're called to change our world, amen? And so revival comes when we hunger, when we thirst, when we display many different characteristics that will usher in a great move of God. Revival, by definition in the Latin, re is again, viva is life. Who remembers Ricky Martin, Viva La Vida Loca, Viva Life. What does that even mean again? Crazy life, this crazy life. Mama Mama Judy knows a bit of Spanish, this crazy life. This crazy life of Jesus, amen. Revival, do it again, to do again what we saw in the book of Acts, the early church, the great power of God on display that people can't deny the existence, the love and the beauty of God. That, as Paul said, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but it's a demonstration of his power. Everyone say, Power. 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 And we see throughout history that revivalists like William J. Seymour, who sought after God, saw a whole nation change by the power of God, which impacted the nations, our movement, the Australian Christian churches, formerly the Assemblies of God, still very close with them as well. We are influenced by William J. Seymour's revival that kicked off in Azusa Street, where many people from around the world gathered and caught what God was doing in their place. Amen? It's a wide revival. Smith Wigglesworth, you probably know this one for those who've been around Christian circles for a while, prophesied this over Australia. Many decades ago, Australia, you have been chosen by God for a great move of the Holy Spirit. This move of God will be the greatest move of God ever known in man's mankind's history and will start towards the end of the 20th century and move into the 21st century. This Move of God, everyone say move of God, God. will start a great revival in Australia, spread throughout the whole world, and usher in the second coming of Jesus. This will be the final revival before the coming of the Lord. Amen. This move of God. William Booth, the founder of Salvation Army, said, I'm not waiting for a move of God. I am the move of God. When you are fired up in the Holy Spirit, when you know who you are in God, you understand. You don't just have to wait for a move of God, but you are a move of God. Greater is He who is in you than he who is in the world. And the Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives on the outside. The Bible doesn't say that. He lives on the In here, everyone, point to your heart and say, "Holy Spirit lives within me. I have revival fire in me." Holy Spirit, help me preach your word. I'm just getting started in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So, the first characteristic towards revival now, it's a it's a glamorous word. It's full of action. It's repent. It's repent. I'll be honest, when we were wrestling this definition out on Thursday with the pastors in Victoria, Queensland with Pastor Dan and our staff. There was other words. And and someone said repent. I go, Oh really? Repent? Come on. It's more kind of like, you know, Brambo action type of words for revival. But then we start to talk about it, open up scriptures, and we realise revival doesn't start. ...unless the hearts of, his, of God's people are right with Him. Amen. That He won't entrust a great and powerful move of His Spirit with vessels who are willing to deal with issues in their life, who are unrepentant from secret sin, who are unrepentant from unbelief, from unre- who are unrepentant from their offence towards other people, their offence towards God Himself who won't repent from gossip, from sowing discord, from who won't repent from disobeying God's Word. God will start His revival with a people who are repentant towards Him, who have a lifestyle of repentance. Amen. It says this in 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Who knows the nation of Australia needs healing? That this world and its crazy policies that's trying to be shoved down their kids' throats in schools that needs to be overturned. That the Bible says in the end days, those who are evil call good evil. An evil good. We saw, through the example of John Wesley, during that time, a heavily contested topic of slavery. Could you believe elitists and people in government and even parts of society believed that slavery was good? To bound a brother or sister in chains to treat him like rubbish was actually good. It took a people of God to understand this is not right. This is actually quite evil. And we can't just sit on our comfy seats in church, but we need to do something about this. Amen. Amen. Being led by the Spirit of God, Acts three nineteen says, "Repent, therefore, everyone say repent, yes. therefore, and be converted. Repent, by definition, definition means to turn away, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing, when revival hits, there is the a refreshing. Amen." Refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Matthew 3, verse 8. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Everyone say repentance? And then Joel 2 13 says this. So, rend your heart, not your garments, not just your Jordans or your Tommy Hill figures or your Kmart. I love Kmart stuff, by the way. I mixed it up with different brands. Kmart's good. Return to the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and he relents from doing harm. David said it like this in Psalm 51 verse 17 if you're taking notes. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. He says before that, If it was sacrifices or burnt offerings you want, then I would give for you. But the sacrifices of God are a broken and a contrite spirit, a humble heart, a heart that is willing to say no more to sin, hidden sins, even the sin of unbelief. You know, unbelief is considered sin in the Bible. The unrepentant heart running away from God when He's called you into something to speak to a people group, perhaps a missions field, unreached people group. You're saying, how, well, how, give me an example. Give me Scripture. Jonah. Jonah was called to Nineveh to speak a rebuke to a people that was running away from God. He decided to jump on the ship and try and do life his own way. But God is so merciful that He sent a fish, swallowed him up and put him back in course. Amen. You might be here with undisclosed, hidden, secret sin, even the sin of disobedience and running away from the call of God in your life. But I sense at the end of this service, we're going to get right with God, amen? Very good. For the first word, revival now. Everyone say repent. 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 Isn't that a good word? Repent. A humble and contrite heart he does not despise. That the worldly sorrow, the Bible says, leads to death, but godly sorrow leads to repentance. That when we turn away from our sin, our unbelief, our disobedience, that we have the vast mercies of God to run into, into His arms and see what He will do with our lives. Amen. Number two, if you're taking notes, respond. Respond to the call of God, respond in prayer, fasting, giving. We respond from a repentant heart with a desire to get to know God intimately. God responds to hunger, and no move of God can ever come about without the desperate hunger of believers for more of God to be evident in their lives. The Bible says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. Amen. It doesn't say blessed are those who hunger for popularity, for success, for man's accolades, for man's recognitions. No. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. As we hunger and thirst after God in prayer and fasting God meets us where we are, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. No great move of God in history was ever brought to life by token prayers. Amen. It, it wasn't just like, all right, 6.30am. Thank you, Lord. Revival now. revive now. revive now. Amen. What's on the Channel 7 News? What's for brekkie? It's my pants ironed. Let's go to work. It's a desperate cry for God, His righteousness to be filled, to say, God, we don't want to play games. Yes, we'll have fun along the way. The kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace and joy. There is so much peace and joy in this journey, even in the face of persecution and challenges. Don't get me wrong, revival is a lot of fun, but it comes about with a desperate hunger and cry for a great move of God. We had Ignite Gippsland last week. It's no accident or by any man's effort or man's power that every night each altar was full of people giving their lives to Jesus, coming down for healing, that a lady who couldn't walk without a walking stick for five years without any pain, you might have seen the video that Pastor Dan put up. Pastor Dan had a word for arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis to be healed. And this lady we saw, we're having a fire time. Going, What's all the commotion behind? She chucks a walking stick and it does, does this walk. And I'm pain free. It's the move of God ushered in by hungry, desperate saints that Tim Hall would spend hours in Mount Macedon praying Praying, God, would you move? God, would you move? God, would you move? That Pastor Dan would lock himself away in his room all day, getting ready for the nighttime revival. It's not an accident. It's not man's efforts. It's the Spirit of God. It's not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. So we pray, we fast, we give, we give like Cornelius, ushered in a great move of God through his giving. Amen. John four thirteen four says this Jesus Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him. A fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. You can have your Evian, your Mount Franklin, whatever this world has to offer, but there's no true water than the one that springs from the wealth, from the the wellspring of the river of life in Christ Jesus. Amen. That when you taste of Him, nothing else satisfies. Nothing else really quenches that longing, that deep desire that your your soul is built for, that your body, your spirit is built for. There is this natural hunger and thirst that is in you that can only be satisfied by the Spirit of God, by your walk and your relationship with God. It's not entertainment, it's not movies, it's not Rocky Five series and Creed 3. I'm excited for Creed 3, by the way, coming out in March. And as good as they are, it doesn't satisfy like Jesus, amen. It doesn't satisfy like the Word of God. Amen. It's fleeting, it's momentary, yeah, it's fun. Your secret sin may be fun, but you know, at the end of the day, it's killing you. Nothing satisfies like His Spirit, nothing satisfies like God, amen. So, in prayer in fasting, in seeking God, in knowing His heart, His voice, and what is important to Him, it causes us to do something outside of our comfort zone. Amen? It causes us to come under the Spirit of God in His leading and in His instructions to do something boldly for Him. I'm not naturally confident. I am now, by the grace of God, by the power and the anointing of God, but I, can, I could never imagine have doing this as a young man before God and even as a baby Christian walking with God. Because any opportunity that was given to me to speak to a small group, even a small little Bible study, I was always quaking in my boots, full of fear, my voice croaking, uh you know, I just—I was just like nervous, nervous, a nerve wreck. But then I started to seek God. And I asked, I asked Lord, what is it? Why is there this deep fear within me? And if I'm honest and vulnerable, there's secret sin, stuff on the internet, stuff I wasn't willing to let go of. You see, the Bible says, the wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a... Lion, I wasn't living right with God I was letting sin have its way secretly in me and what is in the dark will be exposed in the light and so because I was living unrighteously in the dark I wasn't being bold in the light because I knew something in me wasn't right with God but then there's the dangerous territory where you get the gifts of God you start to flow in it And then you just rely on your gifts and you think, oh, just because the altar's full, people are getting healed. You know what? I'm just going to coast along and, and, and let my gifts be the evidence of my walk with God. But deep down in the background, there's stuff that's undealt with. God is more interested in a vessel that is willing to lay down their lives and not just be marked by the giftings. And the, and the gifts of the Spirit by, be marked by the fruits of the Spirit. Amen? Amen. There'll be many that will say to Jesus on that day, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not heal and do miraculous works in your name? And He will say to them, away from me, you workers of sin or lawlessness, for I never knew you. I think if you get to really know God deeply and intimately, you don't want to hold on to your secret stuff anymore. You want to just lay it down, give it to Him. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, amen? The fear of God is awe and reverence. But in Psalm 19, it also says the fear of God is clean and enduring. The fear of God cleans us and is enduring. Why do some ministers or people of God walk away from the faith after so long, after all that they've seen, all that they've experienced? The fear of God isn't on them anymore. They forget the fear of God actually washes, washes us clean. Amen. Is this all right? Is this a bit, bit heavy? Shall I put some uh, sweeteners in? Okay. Third characteristic. So we got the first two, which is repent. Say with me. Repent. repent. Come on, Sarah. Repent. repent. Number two. Respond in prayer, in fasting, in giving. I'm not saying fast for the whole year. That's that's just lunacy. That's crazy. But it's a lifestyle of fasting. We're going to kick off 21 days prayer and fasting from this Wednesday. But, you know, some people I know actually fast as a lifestyle. Two days a week would fast. In my previous job, and yes, current, I do fast as a lifestyle. I remember uh, climbing, so to speak, the corporate ladder so quickly that my colleagues were ask you, how did you do it? And I I'll just, I'll just like to be cheeky I say, Jesus. And how did you really do it? I say, Jesus. <laughs> because what, what I do, you probably don't practice as a non-believer. But I, I, I would fast two days a week. In my life, um, working in the city and things like that, just the lifestyle of fasting, asking for God's favour and blessing upon my, my work life, and which gained favours and opened doors to be able to speak to my colleagues and bosses before I left leading three of them to the Lord before departing the company and working here. And becoming number one in in the competition of uh, sales, amen. (laughs) God's good. Third characteristic, reformation. Reformation, to be reformed, to make that which is old brand new, to change up how we perhaps perceive things that God is going to pour out His Spirit like a new wine. And as you know, Jesus says this in Matthew 9, 16. Let's go there for a second. Matthew 9, 16 to 17. It says, by the way, if you hear this, I know it's, it's like teaching basics, but I'm, I'm aware there's new Christians in the room. When you hear Scripture references, I've never done this in preaching before, Matthew nine sixteen to 17, the first number you hear is the chapter of the Bible, and then the subsequent numbers that follow is the verses. So Matthew 9 is Matthew chapter 9, verse 16 to 17. Is that good? And then for you seasoned saints, my Bible college lecturer said this to me. To remember what the preacher just said, remember the numbers first. So not Matthew, but nine sixteen to 17, and then the book of Matthew. Is that good? Because when we rattle off so many scriptures, it might be a little bit hard to keep up with. Matthew nine sixteen to 17 says this, No one puts a piece of untrunk, untrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the gar- garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine, Ever say new wine, into wine new wineskins, and both are preserved. God is wanting to pour out His Spirit, but He's not going to do it if He knows it's going to ruin you. He's waiting for your new wineskin to be birthed to be put on as a mantle, ready to receive His Spirit. A great move of God like Wigglesworth prophesied that this world has never seen before. But God knows if He's gonna pour it out into your old mindsets, your old thinking, your old ways, it's gonna be your ruin. But He says, I'm waiting for new wineskins, for this new wine where both the move of God And the people and the vessel of God will be preserved. That it won't be just a one-hit wonder. Oh, this week we've got revival. Next week we're burnt out. This month we've got five nights of revival. Next month, I'm done. I'm toast. I'm going to go to Hawaii. Call me after this trip because I can't do any more. He's going to preserve His move of His Spirit with those who are willing and, and, and are adaptable to saying, you know what, maybe I've held on to some old thinking that, that didn't really do me any good, that didn't really serve me in my faith very well, but because I was comfortable with it, you know what, I'm comfortable here. I'm just going to stay in this paradigm of thinking of how God moves, that He only moves during the altar call that He only moves when, when it's a guest speaker that comes in, that He only moves in the four walls of a church. You know what? I'm just going to say in that wine skin because it's easy to predict, I've seen it before, when God says, no, there is a new move of God coming, like never seen before. And just like Jesus, He never performed the same miracle twice. So who are we to put Him in a box? In, in this wineskin that says, you know, I, I, I know how God moves and I'm only comfortable and I'll I'll, I'll only go with what I know. There is a new move of the Spirit coming. It is holy. It is righteous. It is exciting. It is unpredictable. It is glorious. It is powerful. But if you're not ready for it, it might be your ruin. If you 're not seeking God, if you 're not responding in prayer, fasting, if we're not living the sacrificial life, we can be swept up in a great revival, but then be burnt out. that's not God's heart. We see Jesus said, He wants to preserve you and what he's going to do on this earth. Amen. Yeah. To put off old wine skins, a call. To sanctification, it's a fancy word for set apart, for God's purposes. For consecration, in simple terms, to declare something holy. That you as a believer, says this in Leviticus 20, Consecrate yourselves therefore, verse 7, and be holy for I, your your God, am holy. Consecrate yourselves, be holy. 2 Timothy 2 verse 20 says this, in a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Everyone say special purposes? Everyone say common use. Who wants to be used for common use? Oh, very good. Who wants to be used for special purposes? Special assignments, Rambo-type missions. Amen. Oh, I should know more action characters, but I'm sorry. I had a mind blank there, the Holy Spirit saying, move on. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy. Cleanse themselves from the latter. What's the latter? From the common use. Yeah, you can be used by God. Hold on to your old ways, your old paradigm, your old way of thinking, your hidden sin, be used by God to a certain extent. Say, so I'm happy, I'm content I'll, I'll, I'll just be I'll be uh, I don't know I don't want to name any role to because I'm not talking down in any role but I was an usher for, for many, many years Woo! ushers are the best I, I, I still usher I still usher at Ignite Gippsland I usher I'm, pray, I'm leading prayer team but I'm ushering at the same time hello, welcome, thank you for coming it's the usher in me not the singer, usher But for common use, because of that hidden secret sin that I had, I couldn't break through in what God had called me to do, to preach, to prophesy, to pastor, when I was still messed up in my old hidden stuff. So God entrusted me to a certain degree with responsibility. But I knew this verse. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. When we consecrate ourselves, when we set ourselves apart. See, God calls you into something holy and special, but the onus and responsibility is on you to sanctify and consecrate yourself. I'm not talking about Uh, you know, the forgiveness of God. It's the blood of Jesus that washes us clean, that makes us brand new, that saves us from hell into heaven to be with Him. But God doesn't just give His glory lightly to anyone. He's got a special assignment, special purpose for those who are willing to say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to lay down some things that have really held me back. I'm no longer content for just the common use. Use me, God, for your special purposes. This weakness I have in speaking, I I, I know you've called me into it because I can't do it in my own strength. I need to rely on you and you alone. But I understand if I'm messed up, if I've got dirt on me that I'm purposely doing on myself and heaping up on myself, then you're just gonna be patient and just say, not now, son not now, because it's going to ruin you. Amen? All right. Romans six eleven to 13 says this, Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey in it in its lusts. And do not present your members as, an ins- as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Who wants to be an instrument of righteousness to God? Amen. It's getting hot. Hang on. that's prophetic mama judy pray for the fire the holy spirit she said the next R, uh, I i think you gathered by now these things start with uh it's just to help us remember alliteration um does good for the mind for memory and the next uh is ruach where my hebrew people are, jay Shelley. am i saying that right rock yeah go the thumbs up ruach rock. The Spirit of God present in our church, the Spirit of God present in our meetings, the Spirit of God present in our homes, in our families, in our workplaces, everywhere we go, we carry the Spirit of God and His manifest presence is present in our lives. Amen? Ruach in Hebrew translated uh, means three primary words, wind, breath, and spirit. Wind, breath, and spirit. Acts 2, verse 1 to 4, on the day of Pentecost, when it had fully come, they were all, the the early church, were gathered in one accord, in one place, and in prayer. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues, or cloven tongues of fire, as, as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That we are to be open and ready and expectant and hungry for the Spirit of God to move in our meetings like never before. To be ready for an unusual demonstration of the divine power of God whenever we meet. You, you know, sometimes in, in revival, who, who's been part of revivals in the past before? I felt I ask this: who sat through like Pensacola stuff? And you know, you, you've you've seen in history, sometimes revivals can be a little bit funny. You get the kooky ones coming out and doing some funny things. And I, I learned this recently, though, from Amy Simple McPherson, a woman revivalist over history. She said, "Whenever there is a move of God." the counterfeit spirit can sometimes try and creep in. So the enemy thinks that he would throw off the move of God. But think about how Moses, when he laid down his staff, it turned into a snake. And then Pharaoh's officials and so-called priests performed the same sign and wonder. The genuine move of God swallowed up the counterfeit. Amen. So yes... As we go for it in the spirit, there might be the kooky ones, the crazy ones, or it might actually be a genuine move of God, but you're just not used to it. You're just not, you just haven't seen it before in your, in your life. Don't squash it un- un- unless you, you strongly feel there's this discernment from, from the spirit of God, but let the genuine move of God swallow up the counterfeit, amen? Amen. Let's not be ashamed of what Holy Spirit wants to do. If there's someone wailing, crying, that end, someone vomiting, getting delivered on this end, someone jumping up and down because they've been able to walk after five years not being able to walk, let's celebrate the move of God. Brazil is on fire. And uh, John and Carol Arnett, who had the honour of getting um, prayer from, they, they said this nation is on fire. They, they were there a few months ago and they asked the leaders, what's happened? How did you guys catch such a fire that your whole nation is just, there's this atmosphere and it, they, they admitted it's more than the Toronto blessing. The fire of God in this nation was more than what they've ever experienced before. And they said, well, well we were actually in your meeting back in the 90s and we received prayer from you and we, 80 of us were slain on the floor, receiving an impartation of fire, and we took it back to Brazil. And we just said to our people, Never be ashamed of what Holy Spirit wants to do. And because of that, God honored them and entrusted them so much that if a venue, as we saw with Lou Engel, descend, a stadium, was advertised for this prayer movement. It got booked out within, I think, an hour. Then another stadium, they booked and opened up for uh, tickets. That sold out, and then a third venue sold out. You don't see that in Australia right now. You don't see that in the States. You don't see that in Asia. But you're seeing it in Brazil, because they're not ashamed of the move of God. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Amen, Shiloh. For if you are ashamed of me before men, Jesus said, I will be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. It just dawned on me. I don't think he's just talking about eternity. I think he's also talking about now. If you're open to God moving and not being embarrassed, watch what God will do. Amen? All right, real luck. Mark 16, verse 17 to 18. And these signs will follow those who believe. Do you believe? Say, so I believe then. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And, they, and if they drink anything deadly, don't do it voluntarily. But if you're forced to, it will, be, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover or they will recover. Amen. But these signs will follow those who believe. What's the prerequisite for these signs to follow? Believe. Believe. Even with the faith that is small as a mustard seed, an unadulterated, pure faith in God, that He will move in your life on behalf of others, that you will heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, that He will move. And just because maybe he hasn't done a particular thing yet in your life, don't stop believing. Jesus said, raise the dead. I've touched respectfully and with permission and by request of family members, six dead people. I haven't seen one come back to life yet. But we will, if we don't stop, amen. For the glory of God to point people to God, amen. Uh, I spoke to Tim last week. You've had, how many? He goes, oh, two in his lifetime. One during a crusade and one he prayed for directly. I'm zero for six, Tim. How, how are you? He goes, I'm, I'm 10. He's, he's prayed for 10. Don't stop. Don't stop. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. If you pray for someone with ligament issues, they're not healed. Pray for the next person. Keep going. Keep going. Don't stop. Amen. God is maybe, during those times, carving out something that you didn't expect. Perhaps a part of your character that isn't going to be so caught up in the emotions of seeing a dead person raised. That that doesn't become your, obs- your obsession over, your rightly obsession over God. Amen. That we need to be obsessed about God. Amen. And then lastly, I like this one a lot. Reap and reproduce revivals are marked with a mass with mass salvations sweeping across the earth and it may even start locally here in church with one or two a week but we see in revival history that great revivals were marked by the multitudes coming to the knowledge of the goodness of God in repentance and salvation amen that as we Understand that we have freely received the gift of salvation. We need to freely release it and freely give it. Revival isn't done or achieved or isn't ushered in just by one person. It's you and me. Moving by compa- move, moves by compassion for our family, our friend, our neighbour, a random person, I I decided this week I'm going to feast up before I fast. (laughs) And I had these cravings, you know, Instagram just gets you. This young Filipino man is a pastry chef. He's just killing it in the donut game. And there's this purple donut called ube. If you know what ube is, come on, my fellow sisters and brothers. Purple yam, sweet. And it's like, wow, ube donut. I've got to drive all the way to the west side just to get one. On my day off. And the Lord said, Well, it's gonna be more than just a drive to get yourself a donut for your tummy. It's gonna be speaking to this young man about his destiny, about his calling. So I was praying, God, what do you want to speak to him? And he revealed to me that he wants to open up more locations. And you know, I enjoyed my donut, ready to go, preach to him. I call him to the front and I said, you want to open up more locations, don't you? He goes, yeah, I do. How'd you know? He goes, God told me. And I said, you've done everything in your own strength. But imagine now that the power of God comes upon your life and see what He will do for you. We are by nature, can be productive, can build. You look at Babylon, they did that in their own strength. But imagine if the power and the Spirit of God will come upon you. That you could start to live out. And I quoted Ephesians 3.20. You can see the immeasurably, more than you can ask for, think or imagine, but according to the power working in you. And it starts with the relationship. Amen. And I said at the end of this, of this uh, life, it's heaven or hell. Don't be ever afraid to talk, talk to people about the reality of hell. It's the fear of God. It's it the beginning of wisdom. It's the fear of God. You suddenly become wise and realize, maybe I don't want to die and go to hell. Maybe the, the wisdom of God tells me, get right with Jesus right now. And I said, it's like this, my friend. And you can adopt this. I learned this from Gippsland, from the Sea Fan crew, the Christ for All Nations crew. They came down, about 16 of them from Sydney. Use this analogy if you have to. It's like you're in a sea and you're drowning and you can't save yourself. This sea of sin. And then he comes along this big ship and Jesus throws a life jacket and that symbolises your forgiveness. It's now your choice to take on His forgiveness that will save you from your sea of sin that you can't save yourself from, to be pulled up by His mercy onto His ship and be steered by His ways and jump on board with His plans or you can stay where you are. But God will honour your choice to either continue drowning in your sin or be saved by Him. Don't wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow's not promised. This young man by the grace of God, prayed to receive Jesus in his life. (laughs) Amen. Turns out, I know his cousin, we went to a Queensland trip, schooly days, all that nonsense. But connecting in the family of God that are lost because you're moved by compassion. Not just donuts, but by compassion. (laughs) That he will incentivize you, that he will say, if you do this, I'll reward you. Amen. God is the rewarder of those who seek him. And he will use you if you're willing to be used, if you're willing to look like a fool. I have to be willing to look like a fool talking the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. But if I'm honest, sometimes like, oh, no, there's so many customers now. But this guy's life is more important right now. And he, I asked for permission. He goes, no, it's cool. Let's keep talking. All good. He even realized, see, God would draw men unto himself. He was ready. Amen. Reap and reproduce. Matthew, I'm going to finish with this. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority, everyone say all authority, all authority. has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Why does he say that? Because he infers and implies that he's going to give you the authority as well. To now go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age, even if it gets hard, even if it gets difficult, it looks impossible, you're in persecution, he is with you even until the end of age. So, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. We're going to hit the nations this year in mission strips. We're going to hit unreached areas. I've had prophetic dreams about this. But God is looking right now. He's looking. Everyone to their feet and dogs on the keys. I'm not going to take too much more time. He's looking. He's looking for those who are willing to say yes to the call of God in their lives. You might be a Jonah in the room and you know you're running away and you've been running for years. You know you've got secret stuff going on and you know you need to deal with it as well. You know there's, there's the sin of unbelief. There's the, the, the stuff that you're offended towards others and even towards God. And God's saying, get right with me. Get right with others right now at this altar. There's no more time to waste. Tomorrow is not promised. You never know your day when you're going to be standing before God. And the first lot of people are going to call is for those who don't know Him yet. Are you right with God? If you were to die tomorrow, and stand before Him. Two simple places, heaven or hell. If you're unsure, the Bible says, make your election sure. That Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You can't save yourself. My new friend at the donut shop, he said, oh yeah, I think I may go to heaven. I've done a lot of good stuff. I'll help people. I said, friend, the Bible says all acts of righteousness, everything that we think looks good, is like filthy rags in his sight. It's not your own works that gets us saved, but it's the work of Jesus on the cross. With every eye closed and head bowed right now, if you never ask God to forgive you for your sins and receive Jesus and welcome Jesus as your Lord and Saviour into your heart, can I get you to just boldly raise your hand right now without anyone looking around? Just raise your hand or you've walked away and you know you need to come back home to the loving arms of the Father. Can I just get you to raise your hand in this place? Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? Anyone else? If you're watching online, hello to our Geelong House Church and Canberra crew as well. Is there anyone else? Let's just pray this prayer as well. And repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I just want to honour you and thank you for your son Jesus for sending him to die on the cross for my sins, my mistakes, my gluttony, my failures, the ones that I meant to do on purpose in hurting others And even hurting myself God I ask for your forgiveness wash me clean make me new Jesus enter my heart be my lord and savior be my best friend in Jesus name amen 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 thank you for joining us today to learn more about fire church head to our website firechurch.com.au and don't forget to connect with us on social media on Instagram fire.church, Facebook firechurch and YouTube firechurch tv. Have a blessed week.